Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time to groove with Groovy with an all-time great Razorback quarterback. Takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Quinn Groovy, showing the great athletic ability, did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst Quinn Groovy. Groovin' with Groovy is brought to you by Bell & Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man. Now, let's groove. Let's groove Hi, Quinn. Hey, fellas, I love y'all talking about that, uh, you know, other teams and understanding the transfer portal and all that. Because, look, I'm going to tell you, nowadays you got to be worried about that bro hug at midfield or <laughs> at midcourt. you got to be worried about that bro hug between the coach and somebody else and what he's whispering, whispering those sweet nothings into one of your players' ear. I mean, we... You may have to find a budget to put like police officers with some of your better players so they mm. can't have that bro hug at, at, at half court or, or uh, midfield. That's pretty smart, no doubt. Um, let me ask you about uh, last week, briefly. Briefly? I thought we moved on. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, we do a segment. Usually we do it every week. We don't do it every week, but most weeks. Uh, it's called I Did Not See That Coming. He could have given me 10 different scenarios what was going to happen with Arkansas and Auburn, and that was not on my list of things that were going to happen. So what went so wrong defensively, Quinn, with the with the run game for Auburn and Arkansas's defense? Uh, you just got beat. I don't think there's any anything tricky about it. I mean, when I looked at that game going into it, I said all along that it was just going to be really about who can run the football the best. And I said the first to 200 is probably going to uh, to win the football game. Well, Auburn went well over that. And uh, they were able to just to turn and hand the football. And when you're able to do that, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can call whatever you want to call. Uh, and so that was a difficult situation. That's really the first time that this defense just didn't really win battles. I mean, they, they've been in just about every game just with what they've done defensively. They've given up some big plays. But I think this is the first time that they've been absolutely uh, beaten at the point of attack. And so that made it easy for them. And then that allowed the defense for Auburn to be very, very aggressive. I mean, they were basically saying, hey, we're coming after you. Uh, we're going to bring a lot of pressure. We don't think you have receivers who can win one-on-one -on -one battles or get separation. And we think we can get to your quarterback before he gets the football off. And so really it was a line of scrimmage game, and we lost on both lines of scrimmage. And that's really, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to really take a look at other than hmm. that. And that that was the that was the end, that was the start and the end. Well, other than them getting back to winning ways this week, what do you want to see from both sides of the ball this week against Florida International? Well, I think you know this is this is a different week than most. I mean, you, I mean, you you lost a game last week that you felt like you coming into it you probably should have won, and, and so now your bowl hopes are pretty much out the window unless something crazy happens with you know not having enough teams to qualify and APR or whatever something like that if you win your last two but you know it's it's a it's a time where you've really got to do some soul searching with your football team and you've got to be very very careful about what you're doing and what I'm what I'm saying about that is like Florida International is going to come in here excited to play they're going to be excited to play in Razorback Stadium you just got to make sure you match that intensity with guys who want to be on the field. 
I think, you know, this week is really about all who, uh, who's going to practice well, who's going to, uh, to give maximum effort. And that may not always be your best guy. And so this is, this is one of those where you can start talking about, okay, let's look to the future, but you can't disregard the upperclassmen you got. So to me, it really comes down to finding players who really want to play hard. And like I said, that may not be your best guy, but you want to put 11 guys on offense and 11 guys on defense that are playing extremely hard. Uh, and, and we'll go out there and take care of business. So if, if you don't, I mean, if you don't, I mean, you don't want to slip up in, in this game. This is not when this ain't, this ain't mm. time for the slip up. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you gotta, you can put guys out there who want to play. And if you put guys out there that want to play Arkansas, should win the game handily. Dear Lord, please no slip up. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've heard. Don't please. Yesterday, the players spoke and it was a lot. And we heard it also from Zach Williams Monday. It's, it's about pride now. If that's the case and they're playing for pride, how do you feel like this team responds? Well, I mean, I get that. I mean, I understand that. But, I mean, you, you're playing for pride in every game. You know what I mean? And so it's just really about making sure you've got the right combination of players out there that really want to play. And that's why I think practice is so important. I mean, who's giving that maximum effort? Who really wants to be on that field? Uh, who wants to go out there and uh, try to execute what the coaches are uh, trying to uh, instill in the game plan? So, uh, yeah, it's about pride, but it's really about maximum effort. And if you do that, you should be fine. Do you work in Criswell at all, or is it just still a case if you get you know way up, hopefully, and get him some more snaps? Yeah, I think I think that that's the plan. Actually, I mean, I think Sam, I think he's talked about that that uh, Jacoby's earned some time and. You know, I you know I go back and think about my senior year too, and my senior year was not. I was three and eight my senior year after when we won all those games, and so I, I've I've been in a very similar situation where you talk about, okay, you lose five in a row. Do you start thinking about moving on to younger players and kind of seeing what they need to do? And I'm thinking, all right, if I got to the last two games and coach came to me and said, hey, we're gonna start Peanut Adams. You know, your backup. I mean, like, whoa, 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 wait. And so you've got to be able to, you got to be able to understand that when you've got upperclassmen, you can't just discard them just because of the season uh, is going uh, sideways. But what you can do is say, hey, we're going to look at everybody who's giving maximum effort, who's practicing well, and we're going to put those people on the, on the field. And so if some of your upperclassmen are not down with that, then, you know, that's where you start thinking about. Who can really go in and do that? But it's a, um, you know, it's a tough situation to be in uh, like that. But I, I think that with, with, with Jacoby, I mean, he came in and was very, very good. Uh, you know, he showed more speed than I thought. I, I wanted to see him break out. And when he broke out, he was huffing and puffing. Hmm. And uh, he was trying to get to the end zone. He made a great throw to Tesla. Now, I'm going to tell you, that's a great throw because simply because Tesla was covered. Tesla was uh, looking at him. The, the defensive back had his back turned to him, and he threw that football inside, and it was just like, you know, when, when the defensive back is not looking at you, having the guts to throw a blind throw like that's like a back shoulder fade, and it worked out extremely well. I mean, you've got to be comfortable in those situations. Or I say you got to be comfortable, or you got to be crazy, one of the two. And uh, he let that football go, and it was a great throw. So I'm anxious to see uh, how he handles that. Uh, the question, I mean, like I said, you got to be careful with that because KJ still has another year. You don't know what he's going to do. Uh, and so that's just one of those things you've got to work through. Yeah, we talked about that this week, and we started like 
not taking bets, but putting percentages on does he play in the NFL or does he play in the NIL next year? And if, if he does, is he going to do it at <laughs> Arkansas or somewhere else? I mean, there are going to be a lot of people who would be happy to vie for his services and pay him a handsome sum for that, which is probably going to amount to more than a free agent walk on or free agent situation in the NFL. Yeah. Um, do you have any kind of gut feel for that? No, I, you know, and, and I think he'll be looking at every one of those things. Uh, I mean, he, I, I'm sure he's going to sit down and figure out what his stock is. And I know he knows he has not had the season that he wants. But thankfully for him, he has another opportunity with that. Um, yeah, it's it's I don't know what what he'll do, uh, but I'm sure he'll uh, he'll get that get that figured out really, really quickly. But it's something that you've got to. If you're Sam, you've got to really process that. You've got to work through that. You've got to talk to KJ. you got to be in tune with what he's going to be trying to do. Because if he's going to the NFL, if he said, look, man, I'm gone, then that's where you maybe look at, you know, giving Jacoby more reps. But mm-hmm. if, if there's an opportunity, you're still recruiting KJ. And trust me, you're right. There will be a lot of people. I know people have talked about KJ, but there will be a lot of teams that would take him in a in a, in a a New York second mm-hmm. if they got a chance to get him as their quarterback. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you want to name any of those? Maybe not. Okay, uh, <laughs> let me ask you a sensitive topic because you're a guy that obviously also uh, tries to get fundraisers engaged, and the NIL thing is obviously a pickle. And we talked about this last week and, you know, how it relates to getting transfers and things of that nature. I know you guys just had a fundraiser this last week. Uh, trying to yeah. pour some more money into the into the NIL, but it's it's, and Coach Pittman addressed it on his coaching show. That's why I'm asking, I guess, because it's topical in that way. You know, it is a it's an uphill battle. It feels like because of, I mean, look, we're looking at schools across across the way here in the SEC that are paying you know eighty million dollars for a guy to go away. So we know what kind of coffers they've got. I mean, yeah. we knew we knew this could be an issue out of the gate, Quinn. Now that we've had yeah. a couple years under our belt with NIL. How do you feel like Arkansas is competing? And again, it's no knock on anybody. I think there's there's some reality to it where you're not going to be a And M. You're not going to have their kind of oil money just laying around. I mean, how, how do you think Arkansas is competing in that regard? Well, the first thing I'll say about NIL, I think the University of Arkansas and Hunter Yurchek and what he's done, they're trying to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let me let me just start with that. They're yeah. trying to they're they're operating in a name, image, and likeness space that is very very transparent that is very helpful to the student athlete. So they put things in place the way it should be employed or, or, or actually, you know, used. Right. The problem is everybody's not doing that. Everybody's not doing that. And so it's just been so wide open that even though you have these guidelines in place, people are taking it to the next level and doing things that they probably should. And then, and, you know, NIL, you know, they're taking it down to the high school folks and your know, high school folks are asking about it and people are, you know, uh, striking NIL deals before they're actually on campus. And so uh, doing it the right way may sometimes put you behind the eight ball, but I think Hunter and uh, this and, and this administration will always want to do it the right way. And then when you put in some legislation about it, I think that once you put those rules in place, whatever that is, whether it's a cap or whatever, there's going to have to be some type of legislation put in put, put in on this. There'll be teams that'll find a way to stretch those rules. And so the horse has left the barn. The mm. horse is running down the street. The rider is on the back about to fall off the horse. And so now it's just about really trying to put some some guardrails in place. But if teams that are following, following the letter of the law, they're going to always probably be behind those teams who are not. 
And even though you do have NIL money, like Texas A&M, I mean, they got money to pay their players, they got money to pay their coach, and they still ain't winning. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that's where the frustration comes in, I'm sure, with them. What do you uh, what do you see with FIU and what you want this team to look like after a week like we've had? Yeah, for me, this is I mean, it's, a, it's just like last week. It was a simple, a simple analysis for me. I mean, this one is just putting 11 guys out there on offensive defense that want to play hard. If you do that, you should win. It, it shouldn't matter what FIU does. Um I mean, I know they've got some players. They've, they, they've, they've won a few games this season, but I don't really think it's about them. If you put the right 11 out there that want to play hard, um, I'm just looking for intensity and guys who have that will and want to. That's really simply that. If you, if you have that, we, we should be in good shape. I want to ask you about other SEC games. In Georgia, they, I think they're, they're starting to put it together. they got Bowers back. Uh, it looks like we may have a showdown in the SEC title game, but – what do you think about Georgia and the way they're they're kind of I'd say they're 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 improving and peaking at the right time. They really are, and it comes down to Carson Beck, in my opinion. There was a stretch right there. I think it was like Auburn, where I saw him like change his mindset with the way he was throwing the football. You could see him kind of coming out of his shell of being a manager to to like, okay, now I've got to find a way to make plays, and then you lose Bowers, and then so that came at a good time for them. They got the quarterback play. The defense is nasty. Uh, I mean, this is this team is a freight train. They'll continue to roll. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them and and I assume Alabama in the SEC championship. But but Georgia is a team to be reckoned with, and their quarterback has a lot of confidence. They can run it. They can throw it. And so man, it's they're going to be a tough out. Yeah, matchup's already set now. It's official. Alabama is a three and a half point underdog to Georgia at Oakland as of today. That hmm. line just hit yesterday afternoon. So. What what's your gut? Because there's a we talked to a lot of people the last couple weeks think Alabama's going to upset Georgia. Maybe not so much after the way they pounded Ole Miss last week. Well, the X factor is Mil Milro, mm -hmm. and you know Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, has got to get a ton of credit for really changing the narrative. I mean, this is a guy who started, who got booed, who lost his job, and now come comes back and they figure out how to utilize him. And now people are talking about him being in the Heisman race. I mean, <laughs> whoa, America's a great place, isn't it? Buddy. I mean, it's just one of those <laughs> it's, a, it's one of those things, boy, where you can be down, come back, and, and fight. And so Milro has got a lot of confidence. Uh, I just think it's going to be very, very difficult for him. They're going to – I mean, those guys, those linebackers run really, really fast for Georgia. Milro's a 4-4 guy, one of the biggest guys on the field. Mm. So it's going to come down to whether Milro can make plays – Georgia's going to stop him from running the football. They're going to force him to beat him, beat them uh, throwing it, and I don't know that he can actually do that right now. Right. Quinn Groby joining us, brought to you by Bell & Sword on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. I want to follow up on that. We talked to Kevin Kelly about this a little bit yesterday. As someone who played the position, we're sitting there, and I'm, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on watching him and Daniels run around. It's, it's like they're playing Ooh. against children, Quinn. And you've yep. obviously had your moments as a player back in the day. We saw you shake some guys out of their shoes. But but it's just a clown show. I mean, it's like I can't even explain it. I've never really seen quarterbacks against some of the best athletes in the country making them look ridiculous and just running by guys like they're standing still. It's crazy. Well, you know, I think first when you look at that, those are two great players, and they, sure. they both run the ball, and they're both relentless in running. I mean, they cause a lot of problems. The thing that gives them the ability to do that is, and just really for LSU first and foremost, is those two wide receivers out there, 
they require so much attention, so much attention. And so if you don't take care of them, they're going to beat you over the top. Uh, and so what, when you got two or three guys running down with those wide receivers, now you, you have a limited amount of guys to deal with, you know, Jaden Daniels. And when he takes off, it's, it's fireworks. And Tommy Reese has done a great job of designing quarterback runs, quarterback counters, quarterback sweeps for, for Jalen Milrow. And so they get theirs a little bit differently. They give him more design runs with actual blockers in front of him, which is very, very difficult to deal with. So both teams utilize their quarterbacks at a, an extremely high level. And then when things break down, you have to worry about so much about the talent on the outside that you can't just focus in on those quarterbacks. So that makes it more difficult. But that's where you got to have some dogs. And that's why I think when I, when I said that, uh, that analysis about the Alabama-Georgia game, I think Georgia has enough dogs to really deal with having one or two guys on Mill Row and making sure that he doesn't uh, uh, break the bank. But I'm, hey, Jaden Daniels, they, they look, they need, look, that guy's back in the Heisman race too, in my opinion. I think Michael Penix will win it uh, if he continues to move forward. But Jaden Daniels is putting up some ridiculous numbers. Very good. Quinn, I appreciate you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Next Wednesday? Yeah, we'll have to find another day, see oh, what okay. works for you. Because yeah. we, we're not going to work yeah. on Thursday, we decided. I like that. That, yeah. that, that works for me. Yeah, I'm, 